Hey, welcome to our Good Friday service, and uh, it's a little bit sunny out here today, awesome weather, but uh, we're here, we've gathered here today to remember the Lord's sacrifice, that the Son of God was crucified this day, and uh, every Friday seems a little bit good, but today is, is Good Friday, and I want to talk about that a little bit uh, this evening, because uh, today's Good Friday, we're going to consider Jesus' sacrifice for us on the cross, and remember the day that the Son of God took his place on the cross and was crucified. So I want to pray and then we're going to jump in. Father, thank you that we could be here today. Just a moment to pause and a moment to uh, stand before you and uh, just be in a, a space, a sacred space and remember and recognize that Jesus Christ, the son of the living God, the creator of the universe who came from heaven to earth, the spotless and sinless son of God did something utterly unimaginable and undeserving of, for, for us, and that you uh, died for us in our place for our sins. And we've gathered here today to remember that, which you've done for us. So, Father, we pray that you'd speak to us, that you'd clear away the distractions, and we may we hear your voice through your word, and everyone agreed by saying amen. Hey, so I want to begin uh, this evening and ask you a question. I want to ask you a question, like everybody, to answer the question in your mind. And here's the question. Like, what is so good about Good Friday? What is so good about Good Friday? When you think about it, that Jesus was whipped, was beaten, was tortured, and dies on a Roman cross. And what do you find any good in that? How is it good that someone could be executed on a Roman cross? How can a Roman cross, which in history was a symbol of torture and of death, became the central symbol of Christianity 2,000 years ago? And so to understand what is so good about Good Friday, we're going to look at the scripture here and understand what it is. And I want to make a point here before we jump in. Here's my point, because I know that a lot of times when we talk about Good Friday, and we're talking about the crucifixion, sometimes all of the time is spent talking about the crucifixion and the physical aspects of that. And we place so much emphasis on that that I think sometimes, even though it, it was absolutely horrendous, uh, we know that uh, historically over 10,000 people actually were crucified during the Roman reign there, uh, the Roman occupation in the land of Israel. What I want to suggest to you is this. I want to suggest to you that even though there's the, the horrific physical realities of the crucifixion, there are spiritual realities that are absolutely astounding. And I want to talk about those spiritual realities. Why Jesus and what he did on the cross for us is what literally makes Good Friday good. So we're going to talk about that. I have three main points that I want to make. So we're going to jump in in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, uh, excuse me, chapter 5, verse 21. And it says this, explaining the reason that Jesus went to the cross. It says, For God made Christ, who never sinned, to be the offering for sin, so that we could be made right with God. This mind-blowing truth begins with this. It says here, for God. I want to see this, that it all begins with God. That what Good Friday is about is God in Christ. And then it continues and says, so that we, that our story intersects with this verse here. And this is going to talk about how the cross of Christ changes everything. 
that God did something so outrageous that happened that sinful, broken people like you and me gathered here this evening could be made right with God through Christ. What happened is that God loved us so much that 2,000 years ago, God could not leave us like we are. And so God came to us to be just like us and to lead us back to God, that we could be, as it says here, right with God. So God knew this, that the only way, the only deal that would work for mankind would be that if God became flesh and dwelt among us, God would come to our planet and he would substitute himself in our place to die for our sins. So Jesus took the place and absorbed the penalty of our sin. So Jesus was forsaken, friends. He was forsaken that we would never be forsaken. So I want to talk about that this evening. The staggering truth of Good Friday, that Jesus absorbed the hit for the totality of our sin. And it's not about trying harder, not about good deeds, not about being better. None of those things will ever satisfy God. But we are made right with God through Christ. And here's the reality that we sang this evening, that the cross represents the relentless love of a heavenly father. And as we sang this evening, wasn't it one of the stirring song that we sang this evening, that all oh, the overwhelming and never-ending and reckless love of God, oh, it chases me down, fights till I'm found, and leaves the 99. I couldn't earn it. I don't deserve it. Still, you gave yourself for me, what kind of me, broken, sinful me? When I was your foe, still your love fought for me. And you paid it all. And there's no shadow you won't light up. No mountain you won't climb up coming after me. Friends, this is what God is like. No wall you won't kick down. No lie you won't tear down coming after me. Oh, the overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God. And so, friends, it is the reckless love of God that chases you down, that kicks down any wall, that paid it all, that leaves the 99, that pursues you. And this is, friends, what, what God is like. His love overwhelming, never-ending for us, expressed to us on the cross. So I want to I spend the rest of our time talking about this in Colossians chapter 2. And I'm going to talk about the three reasons out of this why Good Friday is good. It's awesome. Colossians chapter 2, beginning in verse 13, says this on the screens. It says, and you, that includes all of us here, you were dead because of your sins. So what is this whole dead business all about? Like, you're dead because of your sins. Like, how does that pan out? Like, we're walking, our hearts are beating, we have a pulse, we're alive physically. But what this is saying, that you can be all of that and more, but spiritually, you are dead. Literally like you were like a rock toward God. No heartbeat toward God. No pulse towards God. Unresponsive towards God. Insensitive to God. No embracing God. No, no treasuring Him. You are spiritually, it says, dead. And now in that state, listen here, it says, Then when I was a rock toward God, God made you alive. So what is so good about Good Friday that on the cross, Jesus destroyed spiritual death for everyone that would become his follower? So on the cross, Jesus destroyed what separated all of us from God. He destroyed that. 
In 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 10, it puts it this way. It says, but now it's been revealed. How's it been revealed? Through the appearing of our Savior, Christ Jesus, who has destroyed, that is, spiritual death, and has brought life, that is, spiritual life, and immortality. So Jesus then destroyed death. He destroyed what separates us from God. He brought us near to God. And so now you can have spiritual life where you're aware of God. You're aware of his presence. You're walking with God. You're relating to God. You're knowing God. You're communing with God. And so he has made us spiritually alive. He transforms us as only he can. He gives us the desire to relate to God and be personal with God. Makes us alive. So at the cross, watch friends, your deadness to God died at the cross. It's good news. At the cross, your separation from God, it died. So that is why Good Friday is so good. Continuing in verse 14, Colossians chapter 2 says this. Here's the second awesome thing that he did and why Good Friday is good. He canceled the record of the charges against us and took it away by nailing it to the cross. Another translation reads this, says, having forgiven us of all our trespasses by canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands, this he set aside, nailing it to the cross. Notice it says here that he has forgiven all of our sin. Not just some of our sins, not just the, our favorite sins, but he's forgiven all of our sins. So on the cross, all of your sin was placed on Christ. The Bible puts it this way. He who knew no sin became sin, that we may become the righteousness of God in Christ. So Paul here, he's talking about the record of our debt. In other words, he's talking about every evil thought, every evil word, every evil action, all the addictions, all the porn, all the stuff, all the lies, all the failures, that there is a record there of sin. And so there's a record of sin which stands against you, accusing you, condemning you, and it's something that would seal your fate for all time and all eternity as separated from God. And so really it's painting a situation that is hopeless, that there's not one thing that you could do, not one thing that I could do to ever make up what has happened because of our sin. So there is a record against us, a sin record, kind of like a rap sheet against us. So at the cross, your debt, your record of sin died with Jesus. It says it here, by canceling the record of debt that has stood against us. Now check this out because it's, this is awesome. This is really awesome what this means. When the, word, when the Bible says cancel, it literally means this. It means to erase. Imagine a chalkboard. Imagine that you're just erasing everything there. And when, I, when I was a student taking organic chemistry, uh, we used to fill up about nine chalkboards. We would start on one chalkboard and do another chalkboard and another and another and another till nine chalkboards were filled up. And then we would go, we'd, and then I would erase one and a second one and a third one all the way to the ninth chalkboard. And what the Bible is saying is like, your sin is like that. That it's not just like one chalkboard or two chalkboards. There's a third and a fourth and a fifth and it's all the way to a ninth chalkboard. Or in other words, it's like there's a book 
of your sin, this, this book of, of your sin there, that, and like what God does is God takes the eraser, which is his blood there, his sacrifice, and he erases every single page of your book of sin. And it just doesn't end there. And he makes it like I had never even written on the chalkboard or written in the book before. That's what it says here. By canceling the record of debt literally means that God is erasing all of your debt. You see why Good Friday is so good, don't you? So Colossians chapter 2 verse 14 is saying this. That all of us, we have like this rap sheet of stuff that we've done. No one is excluded. That includes our brokenness, our sin, our failures of every sin that we would ever do. And God nailed Jesus to the cross so that our sins would never be nailed to us. Jesus was nailed to the cross so all of our sins would never be nailed to us. But so that our sins would be nailed to the cross. So that is what is so good about Good Friday. I want to talk about the third thing, why Good Friday is so good. It says in verse 15, it says this. It talks about the enemy's power that died with Jesus. Verse 15, Colossians chapter 2. In this way, he, that is Jesus, on the cross, disarmed the spiritual rulers and authorities. Like, well, who is that? Satan and his host of, of, of adversaries. He shamed them publicly by his victory over them on the cross. I love how the Bible says this in the Message Bible. puts it this way. He, that is Jesus, stripped all the spiritual tyrants in the universe of their sham authority at the cross and marched them naked through the streets. Say, well, where does that come from? Like, marching them naked, that's a picture of what would happen in Rome here, where in a Roman triumph, what they would do is they would have the general, and the general there would take the Roman legions to an area of, of their oppressors or their enemies there, those who were hostile toward Rome. And what they would do is after they had thoroughly conquered it, and I'm not just talking about uh, they won the battle, they had to crush their enemies. They had to crush them. So when you won the war, the enemy was absolutely, totally humiliated and defeated. And then the legions, see this in your mind's eye, that the legions then of Rome would return to Rome. And there would be a parade. And they would be walking through the parade. And the people would be going crazy there. And there would be the Roman general who would be ahead of them. And the emperor would be watching them. And there would be the legionnaires of the Romans that would be uh, in front of this enormous parade. Parading board the city, seeing that they were victorious, that they were triumphant. And then behind them, you got to see this, there was the plunder of the people. And they were stripped naked. So then there would be their general, and then their top uh, lieutenants and fighters, and then the rest of the, of the soldiers. And they would be walking behind the Roman legionnaires, stripped naked, and in, and in chains there. And at the end of the procession, there they were. And so, it was, it, so what Rome was doing is they were saying this. They were saying to all the people that were watching in the parade, they were saying, remember those people that you were afraid of. Remember those that terrorized you and intimidated you. Remember all those that you were fearful of. Well, now look at them now. Now they're naked, and they're being paraded before all of Rome. They were naked and in chains, and you don't have anything to fear about them again. 
And so this is what the scripture is saying about your enemy. About the good news is this. Literally, that Jesus disarmed them. In the original language, it means this, that he undressed them at the cross. That's what he did, a picture of everyone in Rome would understand that, that at the cross, he stripped them of their power. He stripped them of their authority. Jesus Christ stripped demonic powers of their power. He undressed them of their power. He exposed them. He defeated them. And on the cross, Jesus rendered Satan ineffective in the life of every follower. Friends, is there something good about Good Friday? Come on. Is there something good about Good Friday? Come on. And so he shamed them publicly. That was a little bit late, but I'll take it anyways. And so, but he took the victory that, now watch, watch. It's, it doesn't stop there. Jesus took the victory that they thought, that the powers of darkness thought that they had won. And they were like, yes, he's dead. We've won. And instead, Jesus, at his death, destroys their demonic power and exposes them as powerless against him and his people. So why do we call it Good Friday? At the cross, spiritual death died. At the cross, separation from God ended. And you were alive unto God. No longer distant. No longer God is out there. Now we're brought near and made alive unto him. That's why it's Good Friday, friends. Secondly, though, it's so good. Secondly, at the cross, your debt of sin uh, died with Christ. It was erased by the Son of God. Your sin debt that was recorded, that was against you, your rap sheet, your record of sin, was nailed, nailed to the cross so that every page containing the record of all that you have done is totally gone, totally erased by the blood of Christ. It's awesome. And so this is why, therefore, the Bible says, there is therefore now no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus. Well, how, how, could there, how could you be condemned when there's no record of your sin, when it's been erased? And so, because it's all been erased, it's gone. There is no record of your sin. Every one of those chalkboards has been erased of your sin. It's glorious, friend. It's absolutely glorious. And so watch. And finally, finally at the cross, the enemy's power has died with Christ. Okay, he is a defeated foe. Just remember this. Never forget this. He is an undressed foe. He has been stripped. He's been disarmed. He's been rendered powerless. And the evil one cannot touch you. And all of this goes back not to us and not to our ability or not to anything that we have done, but to the accomplishment of Christ on the cross. And that's why it's Good Friday, friends. It's awesome. So the Son of God came to give himself as a sacrifice to make your spiritual death be dead. That your record of sin would be erased. That demonic power might be broken. And so, all of that to help us I need help, you need help, all of that to help us to grasp the fullness, really, of a staggering reality. There's a couple ways that we can respond, and so I want to invite us 
to respond to this staggering reality. And here's what I want to do. So on your seats there, there's some cards. And in a drive-in church, you have cards also you were given. And so I took this card and I filled it out. So look at my card. You can't really see it, but my card is full. There's like no more room to write. And it says this on Good Friday. It says, so take out your cards and hold them in front of you. It says, my fears, my failures, my brokenness, and my sin. So I listed all of those. And I'd like to invite you to take these cards and take it out. And talk about your fears. Talk about your regrets. Talk about your failures, your brokenness. And write them down. So why would you say like, well, why would, why would we write them down? Why would I write down like a painful memory? Why would I put something down on paper? Here's why. Here's why. The last thing that God would want for your life in light of the staggering reality of what happened on the cross is that you would hang on to these things and carry them any longer. And so fears that, fear, there's people who have fears in here that you're always going to be the way that you are. The people with fears here thinking like, I'm never going to change. I'm always going to be the, the kind of person that I am. Uh, maybe I'm going to be found out someday. Fears that you'll never amount to uh, who you could amount to. Fears that you won't be what God wants you to be. But all of us have these fears that we can carry our entire lifetime. And then there's failures. And how hard it is to be honest about our failures. See, failures that have brought you shame. The reality is that we have failures that, that weigh us down. Things that we regret. Choices that we have made. Failures. We can carry those our, our entire life. And then there's brokenness. Things that I did. Things I put into my body. Things I did to other people. Things other people did to me. The, the choices and the addictions and all of that. Brokenness. And then coming to the place of recognizing that our sin, that I don't need to carry all the way to my past. Because see, at the cross, friends, at the cross, the past can become past. And you are forgiven of your sin. Our fears, our failures, our brokenness, and our sins, watch, that have defined you and have defined me. But Christ has made a way, designed a way through the cross that our past no longer needs to define us in the future as it has in the past. That we can be free. Free of the, fe the fears and the failures and the brokenness. Listen to what the scripture says in Psalm 103. As far as east is from west, so he's casted our sins from us. Our sins continually being carried away. And so the power of this, here's the power of this. The power of these cards is this. Friends, look at me. The power of this card is this, is that this is what has defined me. It's what defines you, but doesn't have to define us forever. For some, it defines us of every waking moment of every day. And so this is what is so good about Good Friday. And this is why God in Christ had to die. So take a few moments and write down your, those things, your fears and failures and brokenness and sin. 
And what we're going to do is the worship team is going to begin to sing over us. And those of you that want to take the opportunity to see your sin nailed to the cross can do that. I'm going to ask you in just a moment to do that. And so there's nails, and there's hammers, and then there's communion elements that I'd like to ask you to take when you come back to your seat. So intent church, just a moment, you are invited to get out of your seat and to take your the record that has been against you and actually do what the scripture is saying and nail it to the cross. There's two crosses out there. Then be sure to take the communion elements. And for those in drive-in church, uh, you're free to stay in your cars if you feel comfortable and you want to get out and absolutely no pressure. You are welcome. There's a cross there also. So as a band plays, you're free to uh, come to the cross.